0: Meanwhile, a recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's Somewhere in Between, a Radio Zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And Welcome! to hunkering down for a very long winter. It's issue 18, getting back to everyday life. I find myself in one of those unfortunate positions as a broadcaster this morning, because as of this recording, we are no closer to knowing who our president is. And yet, by the time you hear this... Through the magic of radio, you might well know. How can this be? Except to say that it's a little bit more of that pre-taped call-in program problem that we have talked about before. In that, in order for me to get this show to you in a timely manner, especially considering the pandemic that we're all suffering from, I have to pre-record it. And therein lies the rub. So, sure, I could say what I think is going to be the case. I could probably even record two versions of the program and have them air depending on which outcome is the case Friday morning, which seems actually like quite a bit of work and might not actually pan out considering that I would need someone on the inside to help me with that project. And, well, The more I think about it, the more I realize that I'm sort of stuck with this problem that I don't know if there's really a solution for. Somehow I have to record a program for you, knowing about this vagary, and hoping that what I have to say doesn't completely sound crazy. In the ensuing days as we sort out what last night's election means. So what to do what to do? In a way uh, this underlines and highlights one of the many difficulties of voting in this modern era especially when it comes to major elections like this in that the next day we all have to go to work. Regardless of who won, regardless of which team did best, regardless of how I personally feel about the outcome and the results and anything connected to all of that, I have to sip a cup of coffee, look at my email, and figure out how I'm going to approach my action item list. Same as anybody else, really, except maybe people who don't have action item lists or email at work. But I hope the metaphor holds nonetheless in that wherever we find ourselves this morning, we can't really sit around and puzzle out the different ways that this particular group of votes was not counted and or was counted and how this particular turn of events in this county actually means that this particular outcome is going to work out for whose favor, actually, we have no time to even determine whether or not that sentence made sense because we have to drive into work and put on some clothes and some PPE and figure out how to not disappoint our boss and our customers and everyone else we come into contact with. The everyday reality of life under a pandemic did not change overnight. Yesterday we didn't know who the president was, and today we still don't know. And yet, in that not knowing, we're still stuck with all of the horrible realities that we've always been plagued with. And some new ones that came up this year, and in some cases, this month. So, as we sit here and try to rationalize what this means for us, what what does this say about how we go about our business and our lives again? We have to remember that, again, in many ways, not a lot has changed. We still have to find a way to live with our neighbors. We still have to find a way to go shopping safely. We still have to figure out what we want to do with our lives. What role our family plays and the way that we approach the things that we do. How often we want to keep in touch with our friends and maybe get a new Zoom meeting going so that we can sit down once a week and really catch up. The problem with something like this is that it is a huge macro scale system that is put in front of us and we have to find a way to interact with it in some form or another and figure out how to make that system give us some sort of output, some sort of final answer based on the input of millions of Americans it's actually kind of insane that it works at all. Or more to the point that we don't actually regularly just have dictators imposed upon us because it's just easier that way. Uh, I mean, I guess that has happened to us too. Let me just start over by saying some of this is a little bit what we've been through before. And because of that, It also means that some things can't change. For those of us who have been working, protesting, trying to voice the concerns that we have with this administration and the people connected to it, for the kinds of lifestyles that are being favored now versus the kind that we would like to see the world embrace moving forward. All of these things are still problems that we need to address, regardless of whether or not the president changed overnight. We're going to have to still make signs. We're going to have to still try to find ways to defund the police. We're going to have to find ways to accentuate the concerns that black lives do matter and that we have a long way to go before the racism and the sexism of this country is undone in a meaningful way that helps us feel safe when we leave the house and helps us know that there aren't people secretly plotting to undermine lifestyles that are just our friends and family and the people that we care about trying to get by in their day-to-day lives hoping that they can find some positive thing to latch on to this morning so much of this reminds me not only of how difficult it is to engage in politics without opening up so many emotions but how rarely it is that anyone actually writes a entertaining political song and that when it happens even if it's about something from decades ago it just feels appropriate on a day like this In 1844 the Democrats were split the three nominees for the presidential candidate President and an abolitionist James Buchanan, a moderate Louis Cass, a general and expansionist action soon agreed he's just the man we need to bring about victory fulfill our manifest destiny and annex the land In spite of everything, the war for the perfect streaming platform continues to be waged by people with insufficient weapons and a very dim understanding of what users want from these products. Which is not exactly surprising, or even to say something that will change anytime soon, Uh, the kinds of streaming products that we have available to us are all basically the same with different flavors of similar content and in many cases overlapping content Uh, and it makes it kind of difficult to rationalize having one over the other since they're kind of all the same basically and Sure, Disney Plus is going to have a higher concentration of Disney properties than, let's say, something that's not Disney Plus, but the point being, we're in this strange and unusual situation where uh, the stuff that we have at our disposal is not really meeting any of our needs. The graphical interfaces are terrible. The way that you search for content is almost meaningless and difficult to actually figure out. And more to the point, the kinds of shows that we're looking for often don't come up in those recommendation engines that they are so keen on pushing so often, as you first load all of these apps. What ends up happening is that I have to have at least two different devices in front of me so that I can search with one and then watch with another. And this is no way to live, certainly not in the modern era. (laughs) But this brings up an interesting point that in an era where we do have almost an infinite number of streaming options to choose from, there's one that continues to deliver content for me anyway, that seems to be, I don't know, second-rate, pushed to the side, old-fashioned even, or in some cases, on the way out. YouTube seems to be transforming into a lot of different things as we move forward in time, but I never really thought of it as the kind of place where you would go to find old movies. (laughs) At least that wasn't the way the website was designed or intended but as time went on and uh, users really seemed keen on putting other people's content into the youtube matrix for us to all enjoy there came this problem that was certainly not avoidable copyright (laughs) so much of this stuff was owned by someone else and someone else who wasn't exactly super cool with the idea that this was now free on YouTube when they were usually trying to make a buck off of it. So for the longest time, the strict idea behind YouTube was user created content. People basically talking to the camera. Which, I mean, certainly there's a lot of that stuff still on YouTube, and when you talk to younger folks, the people that are doing video game walkthroughs and daily vlog type stuff, that is what YouTube is. But it doesn't take very many searches to reveal that YouTube is also many, many other things. And this multi-headed hydra of entertainment contains weird complexities, strange subcultures, weird little bubbles of entertainment that are sort of perplexing as much as they are incredible that they exist. Just try searching the term old movies to find that not only does it reveal a lot of interesting content, but that you can pinpoint certain kinds of films uh, very easily, especially if you have a list to work from. Now, case in point, for this time of year, not just the Halloween season, but for all of winter and fall, something certainly can be said for the shock theater package of films that was introduced in the late 50s all of these many universal films were in the vein of it's early horror and we don't quite know what to do so there's maybe a monster or maybe just a guy with a cape in the shadows we got lots of castle and or haunted mansion sets Let's see, we'll throw in a group of people. Some of them have secrets. Ah, yes. This will all work out nicely. Nearly all of them, <coughs> all of them are in black and white. All of them sound fantastic. And many of them feature Bella Lugosi or Boris Karloff. So you know, those are a bonus. And strangely enough, They also pop up for free on YouTube, in many cases. A lot of film from that era actually does not have a copyright or fell into public domain very quickly. And so uh, what in the old days used to be syndicated and duplicated and distributed on copies of copies of copies are just now all uploaded to YouTube. For free, because nobody cares anymore. Or at least those of us who do, now know where to find it. It's difficult to make the recommendation that you should hunt down maybe 80-year-old film while you're sitting in quarantine, trying to pass the time, looking for entertainment, and to try to look at these things and find what was entertaining about them to audiences in those days. Certainly to put yourself in the mindset of someone from 1940 isn't exactly super easy in the year 2020. There's a lot of cultural barriers, not to mention a number of other linguistic and referential barriers that would take a number of these podcasts to help elucidate The point being, these films do have a little bit of a magic, especially now, if you are used to the kind of entertainment that we all grew up on. Watching old movies from this era certainly illustrates that entertainment was presented in a different way and that we expected something from the relationship that has certainly changed now. Some of these films come off like stage plays, almost. Emphasis on dialogue and the drama of characters that might be blackmailing each other. Now, this might sound a little bit like other entertainment that you're familiar with, and as you kind of dig in, you start to realize that, while some of the visual language and certainly some of the acting choices might be sturdily set in the last century, that these characters certainly resonate in the here and now. People don't often change, in certain ways anyway. And as I am plowing through these universal classics, something in them seems very revealing of humanity here and now. Regardless of your take on it, or whether or not you want to get into some sort of long conversation about what this says about culture, these movies are really entertaining. And so, if you are the kind of person who might be stuck at home a little more often this winter than you are used to, maybe making your way through the Shock Theater package, many of which are free on YouTube would be a good way to uh, help pass the time. Usually taking on new hobbies is something people save for the new year, but I decided this year to approach the winter as if it was a block of time where I could approach different things that I wanted to try and take on new hobbies and ideas that maybe I've never given a fair shake. And with that in mind... I decided to go about making some Halloween cookies this year which were sugar cookies with Halloween themed cookie cutters stamping out our wonderful taste treats and I have to say this was a lot of fun and worked out better than I thought it was going to to be honest Uh, if you have the right kinds of tools and if you are willing to search martha sugar cookies when you're looking for a recipe you're pretty much going to work out surprisingly well every single time and the main thing you have to figure out is how long to bake the things by the fourth batch i had it down and it is a pretty cool little hobby when you want to get into decorating and icing and that kind of stuff so If you are sitting at home thinking, wow, how am I going to pass the winter isolation? Well, let's just hope that uh, you don't mind if your partner puts on some pounds. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine, getting back to everyday life. Issue 18 contains stories written by Austin Rich, including We All Have to Go to Work, Going Through the Shock Theater Package, and Baking Sugar Cookies. Are you frustrated with the way recent events worked out, but you are tired of howling at the meaningless void where your screams and complaints remain unanswered? Might I suggest volunteering. If you can, that is. It's a great way to contribute to the world around you, gives you a sense of accomplishment, and or tiredness at the end of the day, which might also be what you're looking for, too. Volunteering. It's unpaid work for someone who can't afford to hire you. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com? That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Song.